Welcome everyone to Perch Down the Top Rope. This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon making my return, not to the podcasting world, but to world wrestling. Oh, wait a second. You got me there because we are not wrestling. We are sports entertainment. And I don't care what Triple H says. I can come back to my company anytime I want because I'm a genetic jackhammer. And what Vice TV had to say about me this past week, because this has always been my company, and Hunter, soon, you'll be like Jeff Jarrett, and you will be J-E-double-gone. What is this show again? Ah, that's right. Welcome to... The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. Guys, we're back. Well, I mean, Lee's not here, but we're back. Um, you know, the, on and off, we've had a hiatus for the past month. Um, Lee and I, as a disclaimer, I just don't want you guys to think we've been lazy and haven't been doing the show. Lee and I both, uh, as a disclaimer, have had some deaths, not only both in our families, but also friends of ours in the past month which has made what we do every week um, extremely difficult. And I, you know, we usually don't talk about our personal lives on this show much, but uh, I want to, I want to say a sincere thank you to Justin for taking over and posting on the Facebook page and doing all sorts of stuff for us. Well, Lee and I have basically been battling depression for the last month, if we're being honest. Um, but I, I'm so excited to be back. Lee, we hope you're doing well. You'll be back when you'll be back. Take your time. We love you, brother. Um, Justin, I'm back. I'm so happy to be back here with you. We've got a lot to talk about this week. A lot of WWE news this week in particular. Yeah, man. It's uh, It's been a crazy month. Three weeks or so. Three, four weeks. Uh, the last show we did, actually, was the Full Gear Predictions. And ever since then, I've been to Full Gear. I've been to Survivor Series for War Games, so... It's been a fucking crazy few weeks, and I miss doing the show with you and, and Lee. You were at Final Battle, too, weren't you? Uh, no, I wasn't at Final Battle, but uh, I was I was at Ring of Honor back in July. And... Oh, that was back in July. I thought, right. you, went, I thought you went to Final Battle, too. My no, I, was, I wasn't going to fly to Texas for Final Battle, but... Um... I'm honestly shocked. <laughs> it, it, you know what? For a few hours, and I pointed this out to you in our group chat. It was cool to be able to say for at least a few weeks that I was at the most recent Ring of Honor, uh, Impact Wrestling, AEW, and WWE pay per view. Yeah, how many people? Get, how many people in general get to say that? Like, except I, for that one guy that wears the EC three suit everywhere. Right. That, that that's. Probably I feel. Right. I feel like he goes everywhere. That and Brock Lesnar guy. Yeah, I just kind of i I sat down and I thought about it. And I'm like, wow. Like I was there for all of that. Like. Like Death Before Dishonor, Bound for Glory, Full Gear, and then Survivor Series. So, just <laughs> that's crazy. I, I'll I'll say this: my year has been insane. I'll go on a record to say it's been the greatest year of my life. 
And you know what? I'll kind of, I'll talk about that later on, you know, to everyone else and maybe even on the show at some point. Yeah. Uh, but this has just been an amazing year. And, you know, you guys have let me onto the show and that's another part of it that has just been incredible doing the show with you guys every week. So, you know, let's keep it going into 2023 because it's just nuts, man. Absolutely, baby. And we have we have a YouTube channel. We really got to get growing next year. So anybody that's listening, subscribe to us, please. YouTube.com slash perched on the top rope. I'm actually not trying to be like Lee and plug just for the sake of plugging. <laughs> but um, we're, we've got some exciting things coming on the YouTube channel this coming year, too. Uh, Justin and I are going to be starting... Um, a TN appreciation series and what that's going to involve uh, this coming year is basically like once a month, Justin and I are going to get on, we're going to film and we're going to, we're going to go back in time specifically to the TNA era. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of impact wrestling towards the end, but you know, for the, for the beginning of this and for a decent amount of this run, this is going to be a lot of the TNA that everybody knew in the TNA everyone loved. Not to say that they don't love the current product, but you know what I mean. Red TNA. <laughs> right. um, so the first show we're going to start, and I'll come with a date soon. Uh, we haven't exactly figured out what date we're going to do it yet, what date we're going to drop it. But the first show that we are going to be reviewing is going to be TNA Lockdown 2006. And I feel like 2006 is like a gray area to start with. I'm glad you suggested it because I was going to say like 0506 is where I really started picking up on TNA. Right. I was literally at the beginning of 2006, and I feel like this pay-per-view that I I thought about, Lockdown 2006, was really when, like, okay, the first four months of 2006, yeah, I watched TNA every week, and I was, you know, hey, this is cool, this is good stuff. But I think Lockdown 2006, like, really put it over the top for me, and was like, okay, this company is, like, fantastic and a great alternative to at the time. Absolutely. 2006 was arguably probably some of the biggest growth they ever had, too, because that was the year that Kurt Angle came in, too. So that didn't help. I think, you know, that helped matters. Uh, they had gotten Christian Cage the year before and then Kurt Angle that year. And then it just kept building and building. It's a shame TNA didn't have like the all elite templates that AEW has now because they would have made some good ones back then. Hell yeah. Imagine. Oh, my God. They were they were taking WWE talent quicker than AEW does. Just imagine when they built up the knockouts division in 2007, we would have gotten like 12 graphics all at the same time. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing we're going to start. Uh, Lee and I were discussing too, Justin, I don't know. I think this might have been just a message uh, between Lee and I, but we are also going to start doing once New Year starts once a month um, in place of our regular podcast. The three of us were probably going to get on and um, what we're going to do is called the hall of fame hot seat essentially once a month we're going to agree on a hall of famer a wwe hall of famer uh, a tna hall of famer basically those are the only two options we really have right now i think there's ring of honor too but that's yeah but that's not i feel like that's not fair to to choose them yet just because they're still growing at some point add that to the mix and i'm sure AEW if this continues but once a month we're gonna we're gonna get together the three of us are gonna agree on a hall of famer that we'd like to speak about that night and essentially we're just gonna we're gonna talk about why they should why they should have been in the hall of fame maybe why they shouldn't have been in the hall of fame huge stories they have controversies uh championships basically like an entire um introspective 
on that person being in the Hall of Fame, whether they deserve it or not. And Lee and I thought that'd be a really cool thing to start each month. We're just going to try and start giving you guys some new product, new alternative, because let's let's face it, not even we want to listen to ourselves go over the results and reviews of every show every week. No, yeah, that's uh, that's the first time I'm hearing about that, the Hall of Fame hot seat. And I, I dig the idea. Nice little uh, nice little superstar profile. on. Yeah, the- we thought you'd like that. So, yeah, we're uh, guys, we're going to be looking to give you a whole bunch of new product come 2023. Um, bring sort of a new freshness to Perched on the Top Rope. I think everybody's going to like it, and I think the three of us are going to have fun. But for tonight and for the next couple of weeks, you're going to deal with the same thing we've been doing. And we're going to go over the latest wrestling news and victories or losses. Um, this week, huge week, WWE news-wise. Everybody has seen it by now. Mandy Rose has been released from her WWE contract. Holy shit. This is such a double standard. This went from fucking zero to a hundred real quick between Tuesday night to Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's say Tuesday morning, to Wednesday morning, because Tuesday morning, Mandy Rose woke up as the NXT women's champion. Right. The next day she woke up without a job. Right. It's, I, I don't even know how to like start this and, you know, the complete double standard compared to everyone in that company right now. Yeah. So um, for those of you that don't know, Mandy Rose was released from her contract because she has had essentially the equivalent to OnlyFans, but it's like not through OnlyFans. And it's like her own personal thing where she's not, I guess, like not affiliated with like an actual website, but she uses a website. I don't know. It's different. It's not OnlyFans. That's all I know. Um, It does have a paywall similar to OnlyFans. And people can um, essentially pay money to see pictures and content and whatnot. And she's been doing it for a while. Everybody's known about it for a while. I mean, hell, I've known about it for a couple months just from it showing up in the news or whatever. Um, So according to the reasons that have been put out in the media as to why Mandy Rose has been released is that she essentially, quote unquote, forced wwe's hand and they felt that what she was doing was not within the parameters of her wwe contract so they released her now what i what i'm gonna say first because i've seen a lot of comments out there that have actually pissed me off a lot about this situation uh a lot of people are comparing this to when the photos were leaked out of page xavier woods seth rollins charlotte flair ricochet um, the same situation no. yeah so in in uh santi from straight shoot wrestling if you follow him on tiktok at all he he called out a lot of people um over this because think of it this way you have a situation this is the one this is the side where where i will somewhat side with wwe but there's an alternative and an opposite to this as well um wwe did not fire the likes of Paige, Xavier Woods, um, Charlotte, Seth Rollins, uh, Ricochet, you know, and all of those people because those photos were leaked out illegally. Content was stolen. Phones were hacked illegally. Pictures were stolen and they were released to the public. You're allowed to have your own content of whatever the hell you want on your phone. It's your phone. People take pictures. Might they be intimate or not? That is their own personal life. To compare that to a situation where somebody is knowingly, knowingly making content is extremely hypocritical. Wouldn't you say? 
I I agree. Yeah. So, however, that's about where I draw the line when it comes to WWE side of things. What I will say is that overall, so I give maybe 1% to WWE, 99% of this whole entire situation is bullshit. You have, and whether it be true or not, a situation with Matt Riddle where he has been accused of sexual assault before. I'm not saying that he has because I don't know the story, but I would say an accusation is still worse than what Mandy Rose did in and of itself. People have been fired over accusations in WWE when they've been found out later on that those accusations were false. Look at Enzo Amore. A lot of people didn't like the guy, but the police themselves found him to be innocent later on. And I feel like with Enzo, too, they were just looking for any reason to get rid of him at that point, because that was when all the news of him getting kicked off the bus on the international tour had come out. And, you know, they were just looking for any reason to get rid of him from that company. Yeah, no. And I I understand that. But their their supposed reason for getting rid of him was. Oh, definitely. Was that. And then it was found out later on that he was innocent. Um, But regardless, people have been fired over his accusations. Half of NXT UK, when the Me Too movement started, got fired over these uh, accusations. Um, So I would say that in those cases, accusations are probably worse than posting pictures of yourself. But to add to that, we've all uh, heard the news that Matt Riddle has been suspended in this past week. And he has been suspended because he tested positive for cocaine and what else was it? Uh, I can't. I I saw what else it was. I can't. Was it, L- was it LSD? Uh, it may have been, but I'm not 100% sure. I, but yeah, one of them was 100% cocaine. He tested positive for blow. And this is the second time that he has tested positive for hard drugs. And how do we know that it was hard drugs? Because WWE doesn't test for marijuana anymore. They basically ended at the moment that they signed Matt Riddle because he wasn't going to sign with them if they didn't. Right. And even even when they did test for marijuana, it was never a suspension involved. It was always a fine. Because I remember Swagger and Orton got hit a lot. Like, Yeah, because Randy Orton used to be a huge pothead. Right. Orton didn't give a fuck. I'll pay whatever fine. They're Bro, he, he got high on one of his buses with Snoop Dogg right before WrestleMania started one year. Right. I think it was. He, I think it was the year he was in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I think it was WrestleMania twenty three. It, it was either twenty three or twenty four. He said he got like high as hell before he went out for his match. Or you know what? It may have been twenty four because uh, Snoop Dogg was involved in that Bunny Mania match at twenty four. Oh yeah, so that that's cute. Get 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 high as hell right before you have a WWE Championship match. Right. <laughs> you know what's great though? If you go back and watch the 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 match, he did fine. It was yeah. great. It was a great match. That was my favorite match on the night. Well, he was having fun. He's yep. Partying. Yeah, he's partying. Party hardy, gay. Um, but back to my point. So that tells us that Matt Riddle tested positive for hard drugs. You've got a man that's tested positive for hard drugs twice. Um, since his first suspension, he has held numerous titles. And then you have Jimmy and Jay Uso which is probably the biggest case of this whole entire situation of any current uh superstar on the roster because you know jeff hardy's not around anymore (laughs) uh i can't even count how many duis and dwis they've had now uh it is more than the normally amount allotted amount for any superstar that would normally cost them their job jimmy has definitely had more than jay i'll say that yeah and i'm pretty sure jimmy's had about four or five since he's been on the main roster now it's definitely up there. At least four, it's got to be. Yeah, and and those started a while back, too. So you, you've you got 
two guys who continually you've got a girl posting pictures over here and getting paid for it. And you've got two guys that are drinking and then operating vehicles where while they're impaired could kill people like literally could end people's lives posting pictures, right? possibly killing somebody posting pictures. Why the hell have the Usos not only been pushed, but they've really never suffered any consequences in the company. If, if we've ever paid attention anytime that they've gotten these DUIs, uh, the last one Jimmy got, he was on television the next night. Right. And all the other ones before that, all they had to do was go to rehab. They never got suspended. They didn't get suspended. They didn't get fired. There was there was no suspensions leaking from this. Tell me how the fuck Mandy Rose got fired for posting pictures of herself. It boils down to money. WWE is pissed off that she was making more money behind her paywall than she was as a WWE superstar. Yeah, so I definitely believe that's one of the reasons. Another reason I heard is because Mattel, uh, the company that produces the WWE action figures and everything currently, uh, they actually had an issue with it as well uh, because it goes against kind of what, what they stand for and, you know, their kind of terms with their deal with WB. But it's like... But if you're going in that route, I'm assuming it's essentially they don't want a name on an action figure that you can look up online and find something like that. What happens when you look up Jimmy and Jay Uso on you on on Google somewhere along the line, you're going to find those DUIs. Hey, guess what? Look at how many China action figures have come out from Mattel in the last few years. Okay. And that was that the, always the biggest reason why Triple H said, oh, China's not in the Hall of Fame because you can Google her name and, you know, see see all the stuff she's done in her time away from the company. Let's not mention that Triple H is the one that emotionally destroyed her to the point where she did that. Yeah. It's... I'm just going to throw that out there for a minute because he was kind of a piece of shit back then. Hey, I'm sure he'll admit to that, too. I mean, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. But yeah, no, that that's probably the most the best point you could make of the hypocrisy is the fact that China would be allowed a figure, but it's a money thing, dude. It's a money thing. It, it probably is, but I also heard the Mattel reasoning. So I'm just going to throw that out there too. Yeah. I, I bet you that played a part in it, but I, I doubt that they would stop business with them over that. If, if WWE wants to bury something and make someone feel better about something, they've done it multiple times. Well, you know what? Mattel is the whole reason uh, Daniel Bryan got fired back in 2010 for choking Justin Roberts out with that tie. Okay, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have done that. They were very into the PG thing at that point. That, that was a Mattel complaint when that happens. That That's why. I didn't realize that. That's good to know. Okay, so Mattel is uh, apparently on the board of directors now. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. But uh, I do want to point out, and I know, you know, Vince was in charge this time last year and everything, but uh, you know, this is the same company that, and Ember Moon has said this in an interview since with uh, Renee Paquette on her podcast, or excuse me, not Renee Paquette, uh, Chris Van Vliet on his his uh podcast, that she was told that, you know, you got to look sexier, you got to, you know, wear the booty shorts, you got to, they told her she needs to look more like Mandy Rose, and a year later, look where we're at. It's just... It's fucking dumb. It also, let's point out, this is the biggest release since the Triple H era has taken over. Yeah, because... We've, we've, we've had some NXT UK releases, and that's obviously because the company was dissolving. I mean, maybe you could argue before her it was Trent Seven, but 
Um, yeah, this Trent is the, Seven hadn't really been in a prominent position. In a no, while. not enough to where Mandy Rose has over the years. Mandy Rose has been featured in WrestleMania angles. She's been featured in uh, giant babyface turns on the main roster. And she has had one of the best NXT Women's Championship rings, um, you know, of all time. So that's another is... thing that, that sucks coming out of this. So you, you spent over a year building up Mandy Rose and, you know, she really has been improving in the ring. You can't, you can't really sit here and deny that, oh. you know, she's really made, made the most out of going back to developmental and, you know, making that title into something uh, coming into this, uh, you know, rainbow NXT back to the black and gold sort of era, whatever you want to call this era of NXT. But I feel like that's the biggest loss out of all this. We we spent so much time building Mandy Rose up and Toxic, Attra- Toxic Attraction up, uh, 413 days as champion. And, you know, it was a great payoff with what they did, getting the title off of her. But, I mean, you get nothing out of it now, you know? You know, and Toxic- also, I was going to say Toxic, Toxic Attraction doesn't go up to the main roster. I mean, I'm sure nope. Gigi and JC will, but, you know, Mandy was the big part of that act. I also feel like that they're both going to be repackaged now because now that Mandy Rose is gone, they're not going to want the toxic attraction name taglines to the two of them. So I have a feeling they're both going to be repackaged and it, I, Gigi Dolan, I think will be okay. The other one, I don't even know her name and I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't get a chance to watch NXT too much. Um, what is, what is the other person's uh, name? JC Jane. JC Jane. Um, Gigi Dolan's well-known in the independent scene, so she's got a following behind her coming into NXT that'll probably help her into the main roster. JC Jane might have to work a little harder now. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe if they do keep the Toxic Attraction name going, then... That'd be the best thing for them. I just don't... I don't know. This is a Triple H WWE now, not a Vince McMahon WWE, so they might not, like, blacklist the name. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. They can just go forward and just... You know, I, I hate to say it, just kind of forget Mandy was there and it was right. I, I, it, it sucks to kind of think about, but you know who could also be a good fit for the toxic attraction thing with her being a heel now? Cora Jade. That could be interesting. They could possibly work that in there. You you could. I don't I don't know if I would do it, though. Uh, I feel like she's just better on her own right now, actually. True, and she's also very young, and the toxic attraction stable is very sexually charged, so that might come off as kind of creepy. Yeah, I mean, Gigi and JC are pretty young too, but yeah. not as young as Cora, but I mean. yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. If if this had been still Vince McMahon WWE world, uh, we would have never heard the words toxic attraction on television again. Unless Mandy came oh, back man, in the future. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think Mandy Rose would be on Raw next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yeah, if this was a Vince McMahon world, she might not have even been fired. Oh, man. It'd have been like, she's got tits. She's fine. I paid her hush money. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But speaking of Mandy Rose and the NXT Women's Championship, we got to talk about the new NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne yeah. Perez. And you've got some fun facts about Ron, Roxanne Perez's year this year. Yeah, Roxanne Perez has had quite the fucking year this year. I, you know, started the year as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, was the first Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, actually, in the, you know, reincarnation of it. Uh, we're not even going to get into the previous incarnation. of What was that? The women, the was that the Women of Honor Championship? Yeah, with the Kelly Klein stuff and everything, where they just kind of forgot about it for a year and... 
Yeah, but, that's all. That's a whole mess for a whole nother episode if we ever want to touch on that. Yeah, seriously. But uh, like I said, started the year as woman Ring of Honor Women's Champion, and you know lost the title to Deanna Peraza on an episode of Impact. Uh, yep, and I think that was her last independent, you know, booking before she went to WB. I'm pretty sure because I don't. Remember I, I, I think she was with. I think she was with WWE within like weeks after that. Yeah, definitely. It was I like remember, the week I, after she lost the title, they showed her in the tryouts. There was yep. like pictures of her in the tryouts, like literally the week after she lost the title. Yep. And yep, I think right around WrestleMania time, like right after she came up, uh, started appearing on NXT TV, uh, won the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. The first, I pre- yeah, it was the first uh, Women's Breakout Tournament. Yep. Uh, held the tag titles with Cora Jade. For, for all two- of five minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you look at the history, it says Roxanne Perez was the tag team champions by herself, too. So Hell yeah. yeah. Take that as you will. Uh, and, She's you know, already on her fourth title at NXT. She <laughs> hasn't even been there a full year. We got the we got the female Brock Lesnar up in this bitch, right? And as we know, this past week, uh, new NXT Women's Champion defeating Mandy Rose after 413 days of being champion. So I'll say this: I was able to go back and watch uh, watch the match back because I wasn't able to watch it live. But uh, great moment. Uh, I think it was even cooler having Booker T on commentary out there because, you know, like that, that Booker T did train her and everything. And... You can tell by the way he reacts when he watches her. And, and it's been said about Booker T as a trainer before that, like all of his students are, are like children to him. Right there. He's very, very, very close with his students. And we've seen him tear up twice now with two huge victories for Roxanne Perez when she won the women's iron survivor challenge. And when she obviously won the NXT women's championship this past week, and it's just, it it brings, it gives that in, in pro wrestling, we've all gotten, as we've gotten older, obviously more towards the IWC side where we want to see the, the cool moves, the cool uh, flippy moves, the, the cool matches, like the style that AEW brings, um, in impact rings and stuff like that, as opposed to like the production of WWE and the stories. And this was a perfect mix of both because this and this match in Roxanne Perez as a character has kind of given me the old NXT vibe again because this is what the old NXT was so good at was creating stories and emotional moments while also giving us the pure wrestling. Right. And that's how Roxanne Perez is, I feel like, every time she's in the ring in NXT. And Booker T crying when she won the title made that, for me, at least in this NXT era where you don't really remember that much because some of it is rough to watch, this may have been one of the most memorable moments of the new NXT era for me personally. Easily. Definitely. The only yeah. other one I can really think of. Yeah, the only one. I didn't even... Uh, say anything about the Iron Survivor Challenge and her being the first winner. So that's just another notch on her belt for this year. Absolutely. And yeah, the only other moment I think I really had like this since the new NXT era has been a thing was Braun Breaker winning the NXT Championship. And because they brought Rick Steiner in, they added to the story. They The new NXT too much, and I can tell Shawn Michaels is working on it now that Triple H is in charge, their biggest thing is they were too PG WWE, too concerned with just the stories and not the wrestling to where it became like the main roster. I think we're slowly reverting back to the old NXT vibe. 
Well, here's the thing with that that Rainbow NXT we got for a year. It felt like we had gone into like a hybrid of, uh, you know, WB Today and 1995 WBF. And the reason I say that, it felt like for the longest time, like, okay, everyone has to have a gimmick. Duke Hudson has to be great at fucking poker. Uh, Cameron Grimes, which I don't mind the whole, you know, rich guy gimmick that Cameron Grimes does. But, you know, there's another one and... Well, Cameron Grimes started that in the original NXT. Right, which is why I don't really count that. And that's that's another reason why. But, you know, Joe Gacy starred his whole gimmick out of nowhere. And then we had Andre Chase as a teacher and, you know, all this stuff where it's like everybody has to have a gimmick. Everybody has to have a character. It's it's just it's too much at, at some point, you know. Right. And they're slowly reverting back to that. And they're also taking some of the things that were created in there and actually just making them better. Uh, Like you were just bringing up Andre Chase and when. NXT 2.0 first started and he first started showing up. I couldn't stand the gimmick. It just came off as like jobberish and annoying and like past heel material. Since Triple H has taken over and Shawn Michaels has been allowed to be more creative in NXT, uh, do the um, Andre Chase University has basically started to have a cult following in NXT. Yeah. And it's, it's actually awesome. I'm I'm kind of digging it. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Me too. Like, I, I, even if he doesn't win matches or whatnot, if his whole point is just getting everybody hyped to go to this fake school, like, I don't care. It's it's awesome. Um, Grayson Waller. I'm 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 especially starting to like what dude, he's I, doing. I, I wanted to say something about Grayson Waller because he in that Iron Survivor Challenge, I think he made me a fan. I really do, dude. He is way better of a wrestler than they ever let him show before. Right. He's so good. And I thought that they were just pushing him down our throats at the beginning of this NXT thing because they'd never let him show his talent. I mean, obviously, we knew he was good on the microphone, but they wouldn't let him show his talent in the ring. So everybody just started calling him a knockoff Miz. The kid's got talent. The kid is great. That kid's probably, I'm going to say it now, at some point, as long as he doesn't mess up on his way to the top, he could be a future world champion. And look, I I love the finish. Well, I hated and loved it. I hated it, but I loved it. The finish to the Iron Survivor Challenge for the men where, you know, he pulls Carmelo Hayes out, gets steals the third ball for himself, and, you know, he does the smart thing everyone should do and just run around and make sure nobody could catch him. You know, he did, he did the WWE 2K there is what I like to call it. That's what uh, I would do, <laughs> shit. No, I have done that. There's been many times that Lee and I have done Iron Man matches against each other, and we will be tied at the very end, and we'll get a one of us will get a pin on each other, and there'll be like 20 seconds left. The other one books it out of the ring, runs the fuck away. Like, I'm not trying to get pinned again and go into overtime. I'm trying to win a championship here. Right. Shit, man. I, I would literally just keep my bags at the door and just fucking hop in my car and leave at that point. Nah, you know what the smartest thing to do is where they really can't get to you? Get the last pin and then crawl under the ring to the freaking middle. Even if they get to you, you're not they're not gonna dig you out of there in time to get you back in the ring. Or lock yourself in the penalty box. <laughs> Bro, see, it's it's very simple. And I loved I loved the shot of him drinking that clearly not beer out of the boot. Right. Uh disclaimer everybody, Genesee, when you open it, is beer colored. It's not clear. That was clear. He definitely that was not a real beer. <laughs> but yeah, no, he he made a fan out of me. And with them doing the the Dijak stuff again and having him back. I, I love Dijak's presentation right now. I oh, really do. Dude, me too. And honestly, I almost think they could work 
we saw a little bit of interaction between Dijak and um, Tony D'Angelo. Yep. And I almost think they could work that mafia gimmick thing that Tony D'Angelo has going on, make them darker of, you know, darker type characters, not necessarily like a goth dark gimmick, but like give a little bit of violence to them. You could pair them up with Dijak and that would help fix the situation with D'Angelo and crew, because let's be honest, we know if he ever went to the main roster, he was getting fed to everybody Right. with that gimmick. That that gimmick's not going to get over in today's age. But if you get him in some sort of alliance with Dijak and you you make his character a little darker, you could be onto something good there, too. Even um even Schism, you know, Joe Gacy and everyone, I, I've been getting into their act a little more, too, recently. And I don't know if that's a thing where it's like, okay, The Rock's daughter's in this now, so we can't make it suck. <laughs> no, I, I was kind of starting to like it a little bit right before she joined. And I, I think I'm also biased because we're we're pretty biased towards Joe Gacy. He's from around here. We've watched him wrestle a ton of times. Uh, I, I think I'm also, I think I'm always going to be biased. I'm always going to want Joe Gacy to succeed. I have, I have selfies with Joe Gacy that he took my phone and took in the crowd. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's cool to see that NXT is kind of turning back into a watchable show again. I'm really digging it. Let's not forget the greatest NXT tag team in history. I'm going to turn you off. Ready, deadly. Ready. Yes, boy. And he's been muted. What? What was that, Justin? Oh, apparently I have to ask you to unmute. You got to unmute yourself, bud. Fuck hey. you. Wow, that was, that was pretty fucking rude. <laughs> You're rude. I hate Pretty Deadly so much in case anybody hasn't picked up on it. Just wait till they're on the main roster, buddy. <sighs> but, you know, all of this revolves back to Roxanne Perez and how she started the year out as uh, Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Speaking of Ring of Honor, Justin, you have got some news about Ring of Honor that we've learned in the past week, and we're going to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, we had a final battle this past weekend. A lot of new champions coming out. We had uh, Fina winning the women's title. We had the Embassy winning the six-man tag team titles. Uh, You know, Wheeler Yuta winning the pure title from Daniel Garcia. The Briscoes defeating FTR in a double dog collar match. Which which may have quite possibly been the best match of the year of any wrestling promotion. I I agree. The the trilogy with those two teams has been fantastic this year to watch. And we had uh, Claudio defeating Chris Jericho uh, for the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, Real quick, what what did you think about the finish to that match? Because I'm kind of iffy on it right now. I'm not mad about it because it was creative and we haven't seen it before. If it was something that we had seen before in other companies and it had been used multiple times, I would have had an opposite opinion on the, on the matter. And I would have thought it was stupid. We've never really seen a match end via tap out, at least in our recent memory, we haven't really seen a match end and tap out when the move is not actually a submission. Right. It, but you it, could argue that if he keeps going with the swing, that it kind of is a submission at the same time. Yeah, I think only because we haven't seen it before. At first, it was kind of like, you know, what the fuck? Where'd that come from? But... I thought it, I thought it was cool. I, I'm I'm all for it. I don't want it to be a spot that he ever uses again. Right. I think if you keep that spot as that being the only time that that happens with Claudio, I think you make that moment that much better for him. And I don't think there's any need to go back to it because it's overplayed if you do it again. It's it's 
it's good for one moment, but if you were to do it more than once, it becomes gimmicky. Right. And so I think let him leave it with, with that. Don't do don't ever have him win by submission like that again. And I'm down for the moment. I thought it was cool as hell. Yeah. Well, and there we go. Uh only champion that was able to retain at final battle was Samoa Joe. Uh, the king of television, Samoa Joe. But big news coming out of this. Tony Khan was teasing an announcement uh, regarding the future of Ring of Honor and weekly television uh, coming out of the pay-per-view. So obviously on the media scrum, he did address this. Uh, wasn't the announcement I don't think everyone was hoping for. <laughs> uh, it was kind of underwhelming, to be honest with you. Uh, so... Ring of Honor has always had their own streaming service, Honor Club, which is pretty much a part of their website. Uh, and they did put it on hiatus over the summer for a few months as that purchase from Tony Khan was going through and they were trying to figure out what they were doing with the company going forward. But Tony Khan did make the announcement that ROH Weekly TV will be returning. Uh, no start date at this point. We don't know when it's going to happen. But it'll be every week on Honor Club for $9.99 a month. And it's not just the TV. You get the pay-per-views 90 days after they air. Uh, I want to say there are old episodes of Ring of Honor TV as well. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but I believe Tony Khan said there would be 2,500 hours at the start of this of ROH content. So, you know. There there are some old episodes too. Um, I, I did take a look at it. Like you can actually go through and um, watch like the, the episode of Ring of Honor they did when they were uh, getting ready to do the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame class. You can go through and there there's, there's some decent content in there that you also get along with that. Right. Uh, so here's my thoughts. You know what? It, it definitely seems like he tried We've heard over the last few months that he's been talks in talks with Warner Brother Discovery in regards to Ring of Honor getting on TV. Uh, apparently, it didn't pan out the way he wanted it to, or at least it hasn't yet. And I think he kind of realizes, you know, we got to get Ring of Honor on TV at some point. And when Ring of Honor TV does start back up, he did say that the, you know, Ring of Honor uh, exposure on AEW will definitely be scaled back a lot good and when he says that kind of my question is so we have like claudio and wheeler yuda as champions in ring of honor right now and afina let's say is the women's champion and smojo is television champion would that mean that those individuals are exclusive to ring of honor and we won't see them on aew going forward you know that's kind of my big question with it where are these people you know, on AEW for now, and then when Ring of Honor starts back up, you know, that's just your Ring of Honor, and, you know, that's it for the foreseeable future. And we don't know how they're going to do these. Um, You know, Ring of Honor, I feel like, would be pretty cool if you taped it with Rampage, because they like to do these live Rampages a lot, and I feel like it'd be a better, a better presentation opposed to just taping two hours of Dark Elevation, which I can tell you by experience is fucking hell to sit through. But at the same time, I don't like that idea because I feel like Ring of Honor should have a whole separate presentation from AEW. You know, I don't want to watch Ring of Honor. It's the AEW set and the AEW production and 
I, I just don't think it works like that, you know? Right. And what I will say about what they've done with Ring of Honor so far is when they have done Ring of Honor shows, they have used Ring of Honor sets. Right. Which means, I assume, when Tony bought the company, he also bought all rights to all production and all equipment and everything like that. Um, And I like that they're doing that so far. We also do have to account in, so if there's not a date set as to when the Ring of Honor is going to start yet, we we still don't know who champions are going to be at that point. The Ring of Honor World Championship has changed hands numerous times this year. Um, So, but also a decent amount of people that are holding it were... I guess more so signed to the ring of uh, to the AEW roster than the Ring of Honor roster when they showed up, with the exception of I would say Samoa Joe, because Samoa Joe made his return at a Ring of Honor show. So I could, I can definitely see Joe being one of the ones to go to Ring of Honor, which I think is a good idea because he's not going to be at the top of the card in AEW right now. The top right. of the card in AEW is kind of a young man's place right now, um, with the exception of John Moxley, who himself is kind of even he's still significantly younger than Samoa Joe at that. So Joe would be Joe would do really well in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um I I think we're also going to have to in order for this honor club system to work, which I agree with you. Uh, my guess is that Tony didn't really have a choice and he wanted to get the Ring of Honor product going and he probably doesn't have a TV deal yet. Uh knowing the type of businessman that Tony Khan is personal problems aside, I don't think he's done trying to get Ring of Honor on television. No, I don't think so either. It's just a matter of rebuilding that ROH brand. Yes. I mean, think about it. Ring of Honor only had three shows this year. You know, the Super Card of Honor, the Death Before Dishonor, and the Final Battle show. But what I will say is with just a few shows, Tony Khan has renewed interest in Ring of Honor more so than there has been in years, even when Ring of Honor was still Absolutely. in business. Absolutely. Um, what I think a good business model to go about doing this would be as I understand until they have a network keep it at nine ninety nine. But I think for that price, you should include Ring of Honor pay-per-views as well until they are back, until they have a television product. Um, so allow us to watch the Ring of Honor pay-per-views through this network as well. And I'll be okay with paying the $9.99 for the shows too. Because to be honest, for $9.99 a month, WWE gives us way more content than they than they should be. That that's worth way more than $9.99 a month. Uh, so if, if you include Ring of Honor pay-per-views in that time frame, I would, I would be willing as a consumer to pay that $9.99 a month. I think then at that point, um, since, you know, Tony does well with pay-per-view, surprisingly using the old pay-per-view system of paying like the $60 or whatever it is, I think if you get Ring of Honor on television, you then change and then you say, you know, Hey, we're gonna either go with nine ninety nine a month for this honor club thing, and you can still watch pay per views, or they can use that as an archive, and they have regular honor on television, and they go back to having people pay for the pay per views. Well, you know, here's the thing too. I don't feel like Tony Khan wants to kill that pay per view model of paying forty bucks a month. No, you know, for a pay per view, and then if why would he is he? It's successful for him right now, right? And here's another thing. You know, like you said, you could put the pay-per-views live on Ring our uh, Honor Club for $9.99 a month, include it in the subscription. But I feel like it would be very, very hard to just give away a pay-per-view for $9.99 a month along with the archive content. And then Ring of Honor goes to TV and then it's like, okay, well, you've We're had doing it every few months, but now you got to pay 40 bucks. And... So then at that point, you almost force yourself into doing what WWE is doing. Right. And that's a lot to ask, I feel like. Yeah, because I guess you could. 
Well, then, I don't know, maybe take Honor Club and have it be a tiered subscription then. And what? then and tiering, tiering it allows you access to the Ring of Honor pay-per-views, which isn't going to hurt them too much because obviously they're making the more, they're making the most money off their AEW pay-per-views. So I Definitely. think that way you don't really risk losing money and you could actually get people to uh, apply to like this tier level that allows you specifically the Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Nothing from AEW, specifically Ring of Honor. What I would like to see, though, as far as television, I think that Warner Brothers should get them on television. And I've said this to you before. I think Ring of Honor should replace Rampage. I had high hopes for Rampage when it first started, when CM Punk debuted um, and so on, because I felt like this is AEW's chance to have a SmackDown to their Raw um kind of you know separate brands like i thought when they did rampage i was really hoping it was going to be like a branded thing you had more people specific to a roster on rampage and then specific to a roster on dynamite because they had so many people signed that has clearly not been the case um this is more of their i feel like almost their nxt kind of but not um the guys that are lower down on the card compete there. Now it's almost, it's for me sometimes because they'll still have a good main event for, but I feel like the rest of the card now, it's almost like kind of how WWE does main event. Right. I, I agree. So I think if you, if you get rid of rampage, it's not really going to cost any of these guys TV time because these lowered out on the card guys, you can easily have rise through the ranks and ring of honor. Well, look, here's another thing. So say rent or uh Rampage, uh, Ring of Honor gets a TV deal, you know, in the next few months or so. What day do you put it on? Like, what time slot? Every, every day is at this point is just practically filled, and there's something going on in wrestling involved, which is great, but also like that doesn't make room for another TV show. So I, I think Tony really has to if if he wants viewership, if he can get Ring of Honor on TV, I think your best bet and he might not want to because he might think he's considering it a failure but i think business-wise and from a consumer standpoint again i think that replacing rampage with ring of honor would be the best business move you could even have them be separate brands that way you have world champions on both show you're creating that two-branded system which was my biggest flaw that tna never did because they had the op they had the momentum to do it too you create a two-branded system and at some point you can do a draft type thing like WWE does, and that's money. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't think they'll get rid of Rampage only because, you know, Turner is, he's paying for two AEW shows. He's not paying for one AEW Dynamite show and then, you know, Ring of Honor. Do you think there's a possibility, and I'm not even saying I'm on board with this idea because I hate the time slot Rampages in already. Could you see a scenario where they do say rampage 10 to 11 in its normal slot and then do ring of honor 11 to midnight which i am not in favor of i'm just saying i could see that happen that was part of the biggest reason that people stopped tuning into ring of honor before is because it came, became like ecw where it was almost impossible to find it on a good hour right i think that would destroy them um if what i would do make make rampage an official like developmental area if we're going to compete with wrestling shows which we already are Moved them to the same night as NXT or Impact. And you have the lower of the shows be then input Ring of Honor on on Friday. I think Ring of Honor on Friday nights could do great ratings. Yeah, and like I said, it's all about rebuilding the brand at this point. And one thing Tony Khan also did mention, 
there's believed to be, or there is going to be, uh, New Japan involvement with this Ring of Honor weekly show. He didn't really specify what that meant exactly, but uh, he said he would have more on that after Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, okay. Fourth. I think that's a good idea too, because that kind of it really shows that Tony's not trying to change Ring of Honor by owning it now. If right. Vince, if Vince McMahon had bought Ring of Honor, you know he would have dissolved the company, put all of their footage in his archive, and all of those superstars would have went right to Raw or SmackDown. There oh, would yeah. have been, there wouldn't have been any Ring of Honor championships. There wouldn't have been any Ring of Honor show. It would have never happened. Tony bought a company because he didn't want to see it die. I've said some things about Tony Khan's personal issues before, but the man loves pro wrestling and he loves its fans. Right. He they, did not they had no no interest in continuing Ring of Honor as a as a company. Even Triple H, you know, I'm sure. Let's be honest. Triple H was trying to kill Ring of Honor with NXT for the longest time. Oh, like, he he absolutely was. Well, look at look at who he brought in over the last few years of NXT. I mean, yeah, they were all former Ring of Honor superstars. He was trying from the beginning that he started NXT when he took uh. He he literally did what Vince did with CM Punk, and he took freaking Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins signed with WWE while he was still Ring of Honor World Champion. Yeah, I mean, it, look at it. Seth Rollins, Nakamura, and, and Nakamura was a New Japan guy, but he yeah. He, but they, uh, if you uh, watched Ring of Honor in the past, you know they count. Yeah, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, the Undisputed Era. Like they tried to sign the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Right, Kangman Page was another one they tried to get. Yep, they literally took, and they took a bunch. They took a bunch, and they tried for a bunch more. And I think a lot of that got even more heated when Cody Rhodes showed up, too, because it was a WWE guy going to a much lower show, and I think that pissed Vince McMahon and Triple H off. Oh, I'm sure it did. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, they would have they would have dissolved the company immediately. Tony bought that company to save it, because if he didn't buy it and nobody else did, that company was going to go under. Yeah, it, if that if, Co- if Tony did not step in and buy that company, Ring of Honor would be on the WB Network right now. And I'm not I don't mean we'd have a weekly Ring of Honor show on the WB Network. I it mean, would be the archive. All their shit would be archived on the network. Yep. And uh, some of the guys would have gone to WWE and the rest would have been fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that WWE didn't sign some of them anyways. Look at your current NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> but I digress. Um Back to what I was saying, though, I with allowing New Japan to compete on Ring of Honor, you are keeping in with the old values of Ring of Honor, the the partnerships that they had with New Japan. None of that changes anymore. That allows New Japan talent to come over. I I think it's I think it's the coolest thing that Tony Khan's trying to actually buy a company to keep them in business and to keep the same show and the same vibe that they were going with. It's, it's commendable. You know, I want to point out too. last year when, you know, ring of honor kind of made the announcement that they didn't really know what their future was. This was before Tony had even stepped in to, you know, make negotiations. To buy yeah. Them. This was when all of us found out. Yeah. And you know, around that time, everyone was like, Oh, well, AEW came around and they killed ring of honor. Like shut the fuck up. Triple H tried to kill ring of honor before anyone don't sit here and give me that bullshit. I don't, I don't think that any company killed Ring of Honor. I think the pandemic killed Ring of Honor. Uh, that was that was nail in the coffin. I think they were they were the one company. And we before you joined the show, me, Rob, Hockman, and Lee had made our guess with AEW becoming a show which show we actually thought was going to end up hurting the most. And we actually thought it was going to be Impact. We didn't think that Impact was going to be able to 
fight with two major companies and we thought that they it was going to put them out of business sadly and you know we love the impact product on this show it's one of our favorites so i was i I didn't have high hopes for that but if anything impact flourished during the pandemic era and and it was the it was the pandemic era that killed ring of honor because they did not have the financial stability that obviously AEW and wwe did but um surprisingly impacted as well because of their ties with access tv that their ties with access tv kept them alive let me let me be straight about that real quick too yeah but ring of honor went into this pandemic with a shitty tv deal that you can barely find them on tv and then having no fans in the arenas they they went on a hiatus for the longest time when the pandemic first started and they just weren't doing shows Right. Think about it. Impact kept doing shows even still, just with no fans. Yeah. Ring of Honor was the one company for months. Like there was just no buzz around it, even still. Ring of Honor was the one company that stopped doing shows and I think it killed them. Um, But yeah, who would have thought about a year ago right now, a little over a year ago when we first found out all about all this, who would have thought that the Ring of Honor tag team championship match this year would have been quite possibly the best pro wrestling match of the year? Yeah. Who would have thought Chris Jericho would be Ring of Honor World Champion this time last year? Speaking of that, and going back to the swing for a minute, did you hear when they were doing, when Claudio was doing the swing and they were counting one, two, three, four, and they got to eight? Ocho! And they yelled, the whole crowd yelled Ocho. I'm like, I love I, that. I watched that and I was like, how did they all like <laughs> sync up in that one moment? And it was like the whole crowd. The whole crowd did it, but it's never been done in a show yet. They were doing it during the the countouts too, which is what I picked up on at first. But that must have been where it started then, because I was gonna yeah. say I was I missed I missed the countout, so I I didn't realize that they did that. Um, because I was watching it and I was like, how the hell is every person in this arena so in sync that they all did it at the same time? Funniest fucking thing of the year. <laughs> I think they did it during uh dynamite this past week too, during Jericho's match. Which, speaking of Jericho's match, we've got a little bit of news on that, too. Uh, This week, new AEW superstar Action Andretti defeated Chris Jericho in his debut. The the crowd was literally chanting jobber at this man, and he beat one of, if not the best wrestler ever, Chris Jericho. They put (laughs) the fucking kid over big. They better not fuck this up, man. They must have huge plans for this guy and no what kind of talent this band brings. All all I'm going to say is if you're having him beat Chris Jericho on his first appearance, his first match, you better make sure that this guy's the whole package. And look, it's not even like, you know, a situation where this guy just got a quick roll up on Jericho and got lucky. Like he got his offense in, in this match. Like it went a while. Right. Yeah. No, they've done that with jobbers before to kind of turn them into a character by giving them a roll-up win but then you know they're just basically a comic comedy character at that point like santino morale for example um he got a little bit of a run but it doesn't matter um yeah no the kid got his offense i mean he's good he's really good yeah so the story that i heard that how this all kind of came about uh so action andretti he worked a dark match uh, on AEW Dark, not you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. a dark much. match for AEW Dark. AEW Dark. No, dark no match. just a match on AEW Dark. <laughs> new new idea for a show. The dark matches before AEW Dark called yeah. AEW Dark Dark. Yeah, lights out match on AEW Dark. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Action Andretti. He had a match with QT Marshall, and uh, Jericho was 
watching the match and he was really impressed with him. Uh, and it, it was Jericho's idea to do this angle. Like this Wait, was fun. Was he impressed with him on TV on AEW Dark, or was this like real life was watching and impressed? Uh I believe he was just watching the match back. I don't know if he was at the table. Okay, so like actual like yeah, cause, real cause life. I think, I think the match took place at Universal Studios. It wasn't like a match that was taped before Dynamite or Rampage. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna say Jericho just watched the match back. And I guess he was really impressed with him, and he came up with this idea that we saw in Dynamite this past week to really put the kid over huge. And uh, just my God, <laughs> I think about it too. Since Chris Jericho has been in AEW, you can probably count on two hands the number of people that have been able to get a clean win over Chris Jericho. Like but it's he's also he's also made those people right. along the way. A lot of these main event talents, these younger guys that you're seeing now are doing well because they also were put over by Chris Jericho. Right. Um, everybody bitched and moaned when Chris Jericho was AEW champion for so long because of his age. But I get it now. And we weren't thinking... Uh, I, I got annoyed by it here and there because it just seemed like he was never going to lose. I, I I don't... I'm not going to lie. Most of his title reign I enjoyed. But there was, there was a few moments here and there where I was like, this has got to end at some point, right? Hang on. What do you mean his age? I mean, he's at one point, Alex, at one point he was the youngest AEW world champion in history. Okay. <laughs> That's my favorite statistic about Chris Jericho is that at one point he was the oldest, youngest, longest reigning and shortest reigning AEW world champion. Uh, I'll never forget that. It's completely off topic, but I remember when he was, they were building to that match at full gear with Cody a few years ago mm -hmm. and Cody did like some over the top, like, uh vignette or something and jericho just like completely copied it the next week so you just have all these random people that was the, 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 the soul train jones uh you know his appearance at aew where he's like mm -hmm. chris jericho is like the breadsticks at all chris jericho's ability is like the breadsticks at olive garden unlimited i loved it it's funny because I feel like a lot of Chris Jericho's heel work in AEW has been very reminiscent of the style of comedy he used with his Kevin Owens angle in WWE. Right. And then you had, uh, I forgot, I think it was like Jericho's grandmother's neighbor or something like that they claimed yep. it was. And she goes, when Chris was a kid, I always knew he'd be the AEW world champion. Lady, it wasn't even a company. Um. <laughs> uh, Great, but something when it comes to Chris Jericho's career, once he hit that Kevin Owens angle, he became an entirely different performer and was on firing on all cylinders. That character change that he has been able to maintain throughout any of his iterations of his character throughout the years later has cemented him as one of the all time greats, as if he wasn't before. He was always in like the talk of like you know, maybe the top 20 or something like that, you know, with like your second tier stars like him and Edge. And I say second tier because they made comments on WWE television, Triple H and Vince about that in the past, like your RVDs and whatnot. He, ever since that Kevin Owens angle, he's moved up into like the top 10, top five for me. He's he's the ultimate. He's If you were to ask me who is the greatest character um, in pro wrestling right now, it's Chris Jericho. And I don't think anybody beats it because he has he he has everything. He could still go in the ring. He's still got the the best character on any given night. He's just been constantly 
been able to reinvent himself every time he's, you know, shown up. And he can put it over every time. Right. He doesn't even, it's like he doesn't even have to put it over with the crowd. He is so confident in being cocky with a heel character that he puts himself over with himself first to the point where he comes off so delirious that everybody else is over. Yeah. It's, 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 I'll be honest. When he was in WB and we got to like the 2016, 2015, uh, time frame. Every time that we got the Jericho return every few months, I was like, "Oh, again!" But yeah, the moment he that, hit that Kevin Owens thing, though, it's definitely. been it's that's been, where it all that's where it all changed. Yeah, it's big. It's it's incredible. And you know, I've said I've I have some personal issues with Chris Jericho's personal beliefs in real life. Back to my point, though, Chris Jericho's put all these younger talent over, and they've gone on to become the top superstars of AEW. Um, even look at Orange Cassidy, for example. He's the AEW All-Atlantic champion right now. Uh, That's a perfect example. Him and Chris Jericho literally had a mimosa match. He must see good things in action Andretti, and AEW must as well, because if they're going to have Chris Jericho lose to him, they're going to create a moment out of it. So this kid's got to have something that that other people don't, because to have him win on the first night that he's there, Against Chris Jericho, this kid's got a bright future. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's also crazy that AEW let Chris Jericho lose twice within a week. Yeah. I was going to say they've got to be coming like with like a darker character for him, but I also wonder if with Wrestle Kingdom around the corner, if we're going to see the Painmaker start showing up and see Chris Jericho go over to New Japan for a Wrestle Kingdom match. It's possible they they have already announced, and I actually completely forgot about this until now. But they did announce uh, Kenny Omega versus Will Osprey for Wrestle Kingdom this or this ugh, in a few weeks. I keep I'm about to say next year, but then our, yeah, it's literally December, the end of December. <laughs> we haven't done a show in so long that it's December now. Um, that this I've never bought a New Japan pay per view ever. This might be the first time I. Don't know if I can miss Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Right, that's probably going to be one of the greatest matches ever. It's it's anticipated. It's been building for a long time. So exactly. So th- this is going to be crazy. But we'll talk about that as Wrestle Kingdom comes closer. We're going to switch back over to WWE for the rest of the show because again, very WWE filled week this week as far as news. Within the last week, we have new NXT Tag Team Champions. Yes, boy. Fuck off. Yes, boy. Fuck off. Finally, those pretty annoying NXT Tag Team Champions have been defeated. And you have new WWE NXT World Tag Team Champions. The New Day have officially become Triple Crown Tag Team winners. They are only the third team in history to become Triple Crown Tag Team winners, with the other two being Uh, FTR, or the Revival. And the Street Profits. And the Street Profits. So this is a a pretty big feat for the New Day. And as Justin, as much as I know you're upset on a real note, um, as much as I know you're upset with pretty deadly losing the tag team titles, I think this is kind of good for the new day at the same time. And the only reason I say that is because from a main roster standpoint, we've seen the new day 
do just about everything they can with the exception of Xavier Woods going on a singles run because we've seen Big E go on a singles run. We've seen Kofi go on a singles run. Um, With the exception of Xavier Woods going on a singles run, the New Day has done just about everything that they can on the main roster, aside aside from breakup. I think this adds some freshness to their characters. And I also don't think that them having um, even an extended stay in NXT is a bad idea because the tag team division revolves around the Usos right now. And it's going to still for some time, whether it be WrestleMania, it's going to be to WrestleMania at least. Um, Whether it goes on farther than that, we don't know yet. So you really can't, factor the new day into the main roster at any point have it be believable that they're going to win and they've done the new day so so many times that you really there's not an easy way to get people back into that story again we've seen like three really great feuds out of them doing another one seems like it would be overkill so i think them going to nxt is not a bad idea at all build them up as the tag team champions for a while have them put over another younger team then they go back to the main roster. They could do some really good work while they're down there, though. So I I am all for it. As much as I personally don't like Pretty Deadly, I understand why other people do. So I think them taking this opportunity to move up to the main roster isn't a bad idea either. It injects some freshness to both the Raw and SmackDown tag team divisions. You can wait until the Nusos eventually lose the tag team titles to somebody else. And then you could possibly, coming into next year, maybe the end of next year, have Pretty Deadly win the tag team titles on the main roster. Listen, so Pretty Deadly belongs on the main roster. Let me just start with that. We can move Pretty Deadly up to SmackDown. We can get rid of the Maximum Male models because... Please. They are not the two tastiest te- two tastiest snacks in all of WWE like Pretty Deadly is. Listen, I'd, I, I'm going to actually agree with you. I'd rather take Pretty Deadly than Maximum Male models. So, just saying. And... If there's anybody to take the tag titles off the Usos, it is uh, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. Pretty deadly. I don't know about that one. Maybe be tag yes, team champions boy. eventually, but I don't. I don't know about ending the Usos title reign. Yes, boy. I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion to those that are paying attention right now that most likely their tag titles are going to be lost to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. What are you talking about? Sami Zayn's. He, he's he's an oos now. He ain't going anywhere. Shut the hell up, you KFAB playing motherfucker. He's an oops. He's not even honorary anymore. He's an oops. Full blown. Sammy Uso. Sammy fucking Uso. But on a real note, I think I I think personally that's where that's going. Um, but I, I am okay with them being tag team champions on the main roster at some point in the next year. Um, and the reason I'm okay with that is because their type of character and style fits main roster way more than NXT. So that's I why I hated them in NXT. I think they could do very well on the main roster. Definitely. Um, and uh, just since we were talking about Sami Zayn, let me just say this. Uh, tonight on SmackDown, I'd be very concerned if I were Sami Zayn. Uh, just going off of what Jey Uso said to him last week about uh, cutting his hair, because it's going to be a big night for him with Roman Reigns back. I swear to God, I... I'm going to shit myself laughing if he has an Uso haircut. <laughs> like the Jey Uso mullet. <laughs> but I was thinking about this more from like uh, a cosmetic or production standpoint. If if they are planning on the bloodline turning on Sammy and Sammy's going to feud with them later on down the way, 
fans are going to want more of the original Sami Zayn back as soon as that character gets the hell beaten out of him. Like his old music, kind of his old look, and like have the underdog feel behind him again. Right. This might be a less drastic way for Sammy as the person to actually start cutting his hair to have where he looks normal again, rather than going from having like five feet of hair and a beard that goes down past his titties to literally nothing again. So, I mean, from a cosmetic standpoint, this might be their way of slowly getting Sami Zayn to start looking like his previous character again. And look, SmackDown is in Chicago, and it's a it's a smart wrestling town there, so... That makes me even more worried of what could happen. Listen, I don't care whether he, he Sammy stays with the bloodline, leaves the bloodline, fuses the bloodline. The one thing I want is just his old theme song back. Right. It's the same way I feel about Johnny Gargano and his new theme. I don't hate his new theme, but the, the first one was just perfect. Right. That's kind of how I am. And that's how I feel about Sammy Zane, too. So do whatever you have to do to give me... uh worlds apart as the theme song again and and i'll be okay but speaking of slow builds because we're talking about the slow build with the bloodline and Sami Zayn, there's another slow build going on on the opposite side of the world in wwe and that is on monday night raw this past week we saw alexa bliss become the number one contender to the raw women's championship currently held by bianca belair there was a segment in the ring right after the match that uh alexa had with bailey And it looked like Bianca and Alexa Bliss were going to hug. And then she grabbed her and put her in position for Sister Abigail right after the upside down moth Bray Wyatt logo appeared on the screen. It does appear that WWE is starting a slow build to Alexa Bliss joining Bray Wyatt again. What do you think about this? So I'm 50-50 on it right now. I'll say that. Uh, I think the last time they put Bray, or at th- that time Bray the Fiend, uh, and Alexa together, I wasn't on board with it at first. I really did not like it. I didn't think it was necessary. Over time, I did. Gr- it did grow on me, them as a pairing. I think it did work after a while. Uh, but I think when I really liked it, it just ended. Like, you know, it, it's like we spent all this time and, you know, you get somebody invested into it and then it's just done. The best part of that story with the two of them was what she did to him at WrestleMania. And then that was the last time we saw Bray until he returned because he got fired. She distracted him because she had Q dripping down her face. The black Q! Which I will say that visual was kind of cool. I mean, say whatever you want. For me, personally. The fucking guy got distracted because she had goo dripping down her face. I mean, doesn't doesn't every guy? (laughs) Fuck you. Um... (laughs) See, I'm the I'm the opposite as you. When they began to be a pair on WWE television at first, I was super for it because there had been all these fanfics for years at this point that Alexa Bliss should be Sister Abigail. Mm-hmm. So I was I was all for it when they first paired the two of them together. Uh, I grew to absolutely despise it. I hated it. Really? Um, I think it became too. And I think this was everybody's complaint. It was too much magic, too much fanfare, not enough creepy when it, it was too much magic when it needed oh, to be creepy. The supernatural stuff I hated that they did in the Thunderdome. I I, I I don't mind a little bit of supernatural here and there in Bray's act because that's part of it. But his was always that it was just a touch of mm-hmm. supernatural and more culty. 
and and you can you can resonate with that because people have dealt with people that have been in cults like it's resonable to the real world um the supernatural does not work in wwe in this current day and age unless it's the undertaker returning and that only works because that's out of respect for the man and the character that he played for so long nobody believes he's an actual dead man anymore that doesn't work in today's day and age and it just became eye rolling vomit inducing i hated every moment of it with the exception of maybe like the first couple weeks i don't want them back together again I, I understand that Triple H and his creative team can probably um, rewrite the wrongs that were done the first time around with a better angle. I, I don't want her part of it at all. But the other problem is since she's returned with like a non Bray Wyatt character again, she has been such a background character in every story oh, on yeah. WWE. 100%. They, they just they have no direction for her. And that's never been an issue with her. They've never not had direction for her. She has been one of, if not the most consistent women's wrestler on the women's roster since she was drafted to SmackDown in 2016. Right. And here's my question, because obviously Bray is not doing the Fiend character anymore. So, by the looks of it, Alexa's going with Bray. Like, first it was subtle little hints, and now it's like full-blown, you know, she's teasing doing a Sister Abigail in the ring now. Right. I thought it was the way they were going and with the, the subtle little hints, I never thought that she was going to join them. I thought he was tormenting her. Right. And I thought they were going to have like a, a program with each other, but like on opposite sides that I would have been okay with. That would have been cool. Cause you, I love when, I love when storylines play on past storylines. I love when WWE actually pays attention to their past history. Um, I, I dig that. The continuity is a big thing for me as a wrestling fan. And so that it would have been cool with having her go back with him. I think even if you're planning on going with better plans and it gets over, I think so many people have a sour taste in their mouth from the previous pairing from the two that I, I don't think enough people are going to want to see it. Well, here's the thing too. The, the, the reason I bring that up. So Bray's not doing the fiend character anymore. Alexa goes with him. Like what, what is her purpose? Like what is her character? You know? We don't. I don't even have a full understanding of what Bray's character is right now. Right, and why are why are they? Why is he having her come back with him if she turned on him? And is the reason storyline wise that she's gone to begin with? Right. It just. I I don't know if it's Bray's idea. I don't know if it's Alexa's idea. I don't know if it's Triple H's idea. But there's not a whole lot of sense to it. I I mean. And if they're going with like a brainwashing gimmick for this too, that his revenge is that he's like try to control her mind i'm going to absolutely vomit yeah because that's not it i want this to be a blood feud between the two of them and i want her to get like a solid representative for her side going into like wrestlemania you could you could have booked this to where he's like he's tormenting her for everything she's done to him and that's how you could have worked in bo dallas into the story with a new name repackaged and you could have gotten to that that dream feud that I would like to personally see going into WrestleMania would be the two of them going at it, but would bow with an actual serious character because the brother storyline always, always works with the fans. Like, look at the times the Hardys feuded. Everybody loved it. And can we have Bray have an actual match before we start getting people to recruit with him? Right. Like we haven't even gotten to the payoff with him in LA night yet. Which from what I'm hearing is they're going to have a match on the December 30th SmackDown. That's the same night John Cena is going to be appearing on the show. So, uh, okay. As long as they don't pull it out to the Royal Rumble, because I think that would be stretching it too long. I personally think 
they should have had their match at Survivor Series, but that's just me. And, and honestly, I don't really like the idea of LA Knight and Bray Wyatt feuding because I just feel like neither of them can really lose right now. Neither of them can lose or should lose, and it seems like Bray is slowly going to be moved back into being a heel anyway, so why... Why is LA Knight feuding with him if he was a heel? If they hadn't returned LA Knight heel, this would have been better for me. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't want to see LA Knight losing his first big feud, you know, after getting that gimmick back. But at the same time, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt lose his per- first big feud coming back to WWE. Yeah. And you know, Bray Wyatt and LA Knight, they're not, they're not putting LA Knight over. Like anyone can sit there and try and argue it. They're not putting LA Knight over Bray Wyatt. Right, you would have been better keeping him as a baby face. You could have done a couple pay-per-views with them where you still put LA Knight over. This is going to be a squash. Right. Which is a damn shame. I'm hoping LA Knight rebounds. There's been strong talks of LA Knight being the possible already. There's already strong talks that LA Knight is possibly going to be next year's Money in the Bank winner. If that's if that's where they're going, I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Um, Guy's fucking talented. I... But I think, I think a face run from him would have been better. Because he's been a heel far too long and he's over with every fan base that he's part of. Yep, I agree. But um, I hope they just don't fuck Bray over on this because I like what he's doing, but I've already been annoyed that they've stretched it out too far. And I don't want to be annoyed because I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's back. You know, you guys got to meet him. Uh, You, you guys got to see what kind of person he is. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the guy, but I don't want other fans. I'm we're from like an analyst standpoint where we can at least we can be annoyed by it but from just giving us something to talk about we can sit here and we can be quiet and wait for these things to pan out most of the wrestling universe is not like that they're gonna eventually just get bored of it and they're gonna turn on it if they don't come up with a like a solid outcome soon yeah so we'll see where alexa and bray ends up going up and in the end, um, hopefully it doesn't get to a point where people are underwhelmed with Bray's story. But speaking of underwhelmed, there is one person in WWE, specifically a very, very high up gentleman that is supposedly underwhelmed by the talent that have been brought back this year. Not all of them. Um, we, we, we we're not entirely clear on who he is talking about at this point, but Triple H is supposedly a little uh, underwhelmed by some of the talent that he re-signed after Vince fired a shit ton of people. And it's, it's sad to see um, because I don't want this to end up eventually kind of making, I don't want this to turn triple H into Vince. I don't want him to get like so underwhelmed by people that he stops caring about them because that's one of the things that makes him stand out as a promoter. Well, I mean, everybody who's come back since say July they're not doing anything high profile on TV right now. But that's I mean, also Triple H's fault, too, if you think about that's it. That's what I'm saying. Did you, I mean, look, they brought in Karrion Cross and Scarlet. They brought them back to, you know, a, a, they were a big deal when they came back, attacking Drew McIntyre. And, and I loved his feud with Drew, if we're going to be completely honest. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like he's going into a feud with Rey Mysterio next. So maybe that can help him out. Uh, you know, Johnny Gargano had a lot of fanfare coming in. His return to WWE was a huge surprise, kept a giant secret. Yeah, probably the most surprising return out of all the returns. Yeah, and I think it started out good, the feud with Austin Fury. I think that was a great way to kind of uh, put him back into things. But then they got him involved with this Dexter, Loomis, and Miz stuff, and I feel like he just hasn't really been to a high point since then. 
you know, Candace is on TV with them now. They they they, they somewhat intertwine them on TV, but they don't. Uh, you know, Dexter is Dexter. Uh, damage control. I feel like they kind of dropped the ball a bit with them. I think uh, they're doing slightly better than the rest, though. It, no, I'm not saying they're not. You know, yeah. they they have the women's tag titles. Uh, I don't agree with Bailey just losing to Bianca constantly. I I feel like that was a mistake. Uh, I agree. Hit, hit row is hit row. They weren't going to be the same without Swerve. Right? I was going to say as much as I I was happy for them because they got they got the most. I think they, they got, got phoned. They got fucked the most out of anybody that was Absolutely. released. Um, and we we had a lot to say about that when we talked about it on the show. They literally had just been signing new contracts. So from a human being standpoint, it was a feel good story to see them come back. But it's it's really hard to replicate the magic that that group had when uh, Swerve was their leader. You know, they're a good, they're a fine team. It's just, I don't it's, really see them being champions. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's, I don't think it's their fault. I think it's the fact that you have this group that still exists without its key member. Right. And the fans aren't stupid. They know that, that he was with them. Right. And, you know, we just got Tegan Knox back. Uh, she's doing a thing with Liv Morgan as a team. We'll see where that goes. Let's be completely honest, too. The biggest of them all. And I, I, I completely mean this. And it sucks. I think the most underwhelming has been Braun Strowman's return. Well, I don't even know why they saw signed Braun back. To be honest with you, it's just like, they said what, they what they they yeah no it was it was released literally like the week before that the only way that Braun was going to resign was if they had like a solid plan laid out for him already, and and it, it was said right after he signed too that WWE had huge plans for him again. But he has settled right back into that same Braun Strowman character that he's yeah, just he, like, he's I'm just here to beat stuff he did before. Right. I'm here to beat people up because I'm big. And and I hate that because I love him as a performer. The only thing I can think of is that because they already had stories planned out that maybe that they're not able to pick up on these ideas they have for him until post WrestleMania. Because you also have to think about that WrestleMania this coming year is 100% centered around Roman Reigns. They are going to do something huge in Hollywood, whether it's The Rock, whether it's it's someone else, um, whether it's Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, who knows. They are, this year's WrestleMania is going to be revolving around Roman Reigns. And I have a feeling that by the time post-WrestleMania season comes around, I don't think he's going to be champion anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's too many good stories on the table for him to keep that championship going forward after that. And I think I think the amount of time he has had it is very respectful and it'll go down as one of the greatest title reigns of all time. And this is coming from me, someone who used to hate Roman Reigns back in the day. I think this is one of the greatest runs we've ever seen. But um, I'm wondering if maybe because everything is centered around Roman going into Mania that they don't have much room to put Strowman where they want him yet. Because they're kind of doing the same thing with Bray. They're kind of having him in the mid card, kind of like... Braun has been, and so it, I, I think it could be possibly conceived that between Roman losing titles at WrestleMania or before and a supposed draft coming around WrestleMania uh, time as well, I think that sets a board for Triple H to move his his chess players around the board a little bit, so to say, and put them in better spots, have them in the exact spots they want on each roster and have hopefully two world titles each on each show again, and then go from there because you know, Roman's going to disappear for a little while after he loses those titles. 
Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's another thing you got to think about. With the draft coming, I feel like things are really going to settle in following the draft and following WrestleMania next year. Because, I mean, think about it right now. Triple H is working with Vince McMahon's rosters that he planned out. Right, because he said when he took over that he was not going to straight up destroy Vince's booking because that would also damage the business, which I 100% agree with. You can't just go from one thing to the other overnight and expect everyone to believe it. You, you've got to transition people in. I mean, look what happened when they went from black and gold NXT to rainbow NXT in the span of a week. Exactly. And changed all the characters and made them all like bright characters and everything. Like it it didn't work. I don't think it would have worked in this situation either. You would have had everybody say Triple H is trying too hard. You probably would have gotten everybody that said, oh, he's trying to be like AEW. Um, So he's got to work with what Vince was was leaving off with, too, in respect for the business. And I think that was the correct move. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and say I, I hope and I think that there, we're going to see a little better from some of these characters uh, post-WrestleMania. There are definitely some ones that have that have underwhelmed, though. Um, I, I loved Mia Yim joining the OC, but she's... I, that's I, that's I, another one, Mia Yim. Yeah. I didn't have that yeah. I love her as a part of the OC, but they've got to build something good for her and they've got to do it soon. Uh, I sadly think Hit Row might be a lost cause at this point and I don't think them as 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 entertainers are. I think you should split the group up and let them go their own ways. And you know what's with Hit Row, it's not even like they're, you know, just there and they're not featured on TV. They're pretty featured on SmackDown weekly. Yeah. You know, they they're doing something. It's just it's not looking. No. Bfab with her talent could be an excellent addition to the women's division. Um I think you you split the other two up, um Ashante and Top Dollar and you do it in like a partner turning on the other partner move and i think you could you could probably push top dollar if you give him a name change as a solid big heel i i think with his with his mic skills you could do that and then ashante in my personal opinion is talented enough to where he could survive on his own in the mid card on either roster as well and i just want to point out because they've been teasing it the last few weeks uh I see you're building Braun Strowman and Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Don't you dare have Braun Strowman take that fucking Intercontinental title from Gunther. I don't think so either, but I love the fact that they're going to do a match because I am hoping it's a classic. I think the two of them could put on something really good. Yeah, well, Gunther better win that fucking match. Don't fucking do it, Triple H. I love you. Don't fucking do it. I think... I think what you should do is have some sort of non-finish, but not one where not one where they like just collapse the ring because we've seen before, or one where they just knock each other out. You gotta do something big. Like have them some destroy something huge trying to destroy each other. Like I feel like that's just another Braun Strowman thing that I'm just tired of fucking seeing. Not if you have Gunther do it. Even still, it's like it's too much, man. Yeah, I mean, I think if you had Gunther be the one that puts Strowman through something, I think that could do it. Um, but I don't see him losing the Intercontinental Championship either because it's rumored that Gunther may be going up against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 39. And you know what? If that is his spot, I I hope Brock does the right thing and puts him over because I think Gunther will be a he will be a big deal in that company going forward. That's not going to happen. You know, Brock Lesnar is going to win the Intercontinental Championship and then he's going to disappear. And then he's going to, and then he's going to disappear for eight months. 
Fuck you. We're finally we're gonna finally have world titles that are on each brand, and everybody's going to be able to compete for them. But the Intercontinental Championship is gonna go missing. You cannot have all the titles aligned in one company all the time. It will not work. <laughs> no, if they do Gunter and Brock at Mania, they're gonna have to have Gunter drop that title. Yeah, because if Brock, well, I mean, also though, if Brock wins, he gets closer to slowly becoming a triple crown champion. Maybe Brock, maybe, Ro- maybe the Intercontinental title. What if Brock scores at this point in his career? Brock like, scores at this point in his career to do whatever the fuck he feels like. Yeah, and what if he feels like you know what? I finally want a legacy. I want to go after everything. He's got the money in the bank now. He's got the yeah. world titles. Hold on. He becomes intercontinental champion. You know, he loses it in Mania the next year. And the year after that, he goes after the tag team championships with his good Canadian buddy, Sami Zayn. They become tag team champions. He's a triple, triple crown champion. And eventually he goes for the U.S. title, wins a Grand Slam champion, retired. He's finally done. Brock Lesnar retires at the age of 75, and life is good. Just keep saying what you want to, man. Just keep going. Nah, that's about all I got. Yeah, I figured. You didn't like that one, did you? No, I, I, I the the idea that Braun or Braun Strowman, what the fuck, Brock Lesnar? <laughs> oh, guys, I broke him. Here he goes. <laughs> that Brock Lesnar would wake up on his farm and go, "Hey, Sable boy, let me tell you something. I kind of want to win that Intercontinental Title, boy. I'm I'm kind of tired of that blue belt and 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 the other belt. I held that one a few times too. I, I had the black one and the red one and then the blue one that used to be the red one. Yeah, I, I want the big globe now." Hell yeah. No, it's completely nonsensical to think that Brock Lesnar would wake up and go, I want the Intercontinental title. Because if that were the case, why'd he cost Lashley the U.S. title a few weeks, months ago? Yeah, I think at this point we have a better chance of The Undertaker coming out of retirement and winning the Intercontinental Championship than Brock Lesnar winning it. I would much rather see John Cena win the Intercontinental title. Bro, is it weird that that's one thing I've always wanted throughout his career? You, no. ever, you ever have... So... I want to see it too. You ever have you ever had like growing up as a kid, like in in your younger days of being a wrestling fan, where you just saw a wrestler and you were like, "Man, they would look so cool with that specific title." Yeah, I for agree. me, it has always been John Cena holding uh, John Cena or Sheamus holding the Intercontinental Championship. Sheamus, but he just has to hold that title. At some he ha- he has to. But I always wanted to see both of them with the white title. Yeah, now we got uh now we got that shit that we have now. Yeah, but luckily, I feel like Cena and Sheamus are two guys that could actually make it look okay or good. It not looks weird. Not to sound like an asshole, but if they did have the white strap title, I don't think it would show up very well on Sheamus. Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, it was like Cena and Sheamus with the IC title was always it for me. Like, I always, because we never got it, I wanted it more and more and more. And that's why I'm so behind Sheamus being Intercontinental Champion. But so depressed that John Cena has never become Intercontinental Champion. Well, it's still possible, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but, you know, we were talking about how Triple H has picked off from things that Vince McMahon left. But what if Vince McMahon didn't leave and he came back? I'm starting a fucking protest at WB headquarters tomorrow. Bro, there is these insane stories going around that Vince McMahon is trying to return to WWE. We oh. don't we don't know if they're we don't know if they're true yet. We don't know if they're false. Um 
Are you saying no from a fan standpoint? I'm saying no to the point that he should not fucking come back, whether it be an on-screen role or, you know what? No, I'm not opposed to an on-screen role. We Look, we got the 30th anniversary of Raw next month. If he wants to come back, make a fucking cameo on that show, cool, whatever, fine. Like, I don't care if he shows up on, like, shows where other legends show up. Right, That that's fine. He should not be week to week in charge of creative and doing the same role that he was doing before. I come at it from a different standpoint. I agree. I don't want him in charge. I don't want him back. I come at this from a, pe- a point that he's a piece of shit. We've all known to an extent that he's a piece of shit, and he's always said that he's a piece of shit, but he is a fucking scumbag, man. The amount of rape allegations that are picking up against this man now, and everybody, nobody knows, like, nobody thinks that Vince McMahon didn't do it. If you've, if you've heard anything about him over the years or watched how he portrayed himself on his character, you know that he did this. You know he's the type of person that did this. He forced people into roles on TV shows. You really think he didn't do it in real life. I would not for one second say that any of these women are lying because I don't believe that. I, I think he is a, I think from a personal standpoint, I think Vince McMahon is a low life person. Um, so as, as far as him coming back and being in charge of a multi-million dollar company with shareholders and fans that are starting to get behind your product again, uh, I think it's almost criminal to put him back on TV when the man should be in jail. Well, look, so when this news came out this past week, also, I find it very ironic that it came out the day that Vice TV was airing that documentary on Vince McMahon, which I haven't gotten the chance to watch yet. I, I got to get around to that, but, uh, the following day after the, the news broke that Vince was trying to get back into this company, WB stock dropped, which should tell you something that this is a bad idea and we should not be expressed any further. No, the stock's been doing better. The shows have been better. I mean, there's been hit and misses, but you're going to have that with every wrestling product. Ever. Hey, that, that's there's fine. A- I mean, look, you still have a three hour raw every week. You can I'm not saying that every free hour raw is terrible. There have been some free hour raws that I've really fucking enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you can't have a great one every week because it's three hours every fucking week you have to fill. Well, and even on any wrestling show, there's just there's going to be hits and misses. That's the whole point of the business, right. because when you have misses, you know what doesn't work and it forces you to adapt. It's it's part of the business. It's you're you're not going to have a great show every week, but it's trial by error. And that's how people get over or don't. Every show is not going to be perfect. And, you know, as much as I love black and gold NXT, where there are a few, you know, stinkers in the in between. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. There have been a lot of NXT shows where it's just enhancement matches for an hour, you know? Like most of Bo Dallas's NXT title reign was garbage until the end. No, when I he... you know what, man, I have a soft spot for Bo Dallas. I, I do, too, towards the end of his NXT title reign, because that's really when he started picking up as that character. He was still bland Bo Dallas at the beginning of his title run. Yeah, when he turned heel, it, it, it the switch. <sighs> oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, there and that that was a, his face character was a miss, and that that shows that there they adapted and they turned it into something good. Um, so you're not going to have great shows every week, but if you look at the overall WWE content since Triple H took over, it's probably the best content on WWE television that we've had since before the PG era, probably in almost ten years. Yeah, as a consistent week-to-week product, yeah. 
Yeah, of course, WWE had some good moments in the middle of those two. You know, you had the rise of Jeff Hardy, the rise of Daniel Bryan, the CM Punk, the uh, even the first Cena Rock match. There were there were some great moments in there, but it was surrounded by a lot, a lot of awful moments. Vince McMahon cannot book a PG show, television show and make it entertaining. He he struggled from it from the get go. Um, so, you know, this is probably for me the best the product's been since probably about 2007. Look, I just, I don't want Vince back. I'll put it like that. There's just no reason to have him back. Everything's fine. Everything's getting better. I just, I don't want him back. No, there is no room for Vince McMahon in a 2022 WWE. And I've said this, I've said this on Perched on the Top Shelf, actually, ironically. I respect everything Vince has done for wrestling. Wrestling would not be anywhere to the level that it is today without Vince McMahon and taking a chance on WrestleMania and, you know, creating this fucking empire of wrestling that is WB. And without WB, we wouldn't have, you know, AEW, TNA or Impact, Ring of Honor. Like, none of that would be here today, you mm-hmm. know? So even it would affect WCW and ECW because, you know, WCW stepped up its game as well as ECW with the WWF at that time to compete with them. Yeah, if WWF had never broken away from the NWA, wrestling wouldn't be what it is today. No. So, you know, I respect all of Vince's contributions to the wrestling business. Like I said, it would not be anywhere near the level it is today without him and everything he was able to do and all the chances that he took. But it's time to move on. That And it also doesn't excuse what he's done since. No, and that, of course, but... So, yeah, I'm I'm on board. I, I don't think there is... I don't think there's a place for him in WWE in, in 2022. I think Triple H and Stephanie are doing a great job. And even Nick Khan, this shows that we we thought a lot of the issues were with Nick Khan before last year. But I, I think Triple H was right in his interview with Ariel Hamani that, um, that he really took a lot of the blame for everything that happened from pandemic season on. And, and Triple H is like, the man like, didn't actually do any of those things none of those choices were his and i think we're kind of starting to see that now because he's working really well with triple h and stephanie right and you know just another thing we just talked about triple h you know bringing back all these on-screen talents but he's also brought back a lot of you know backstage roles and people who were in those roles with him in nxt like brian james road dog and you know we know william regal is on his way out of AEW at the end of the year and he'll be heading back to WB as a backstage personality, a coach. He won't be an on-screen character for at least a year, is what it sounds like and what Tony Khan said. But can you fucking imagine, worst case scenario, if Vince McMahon came back and reclaimed his old spot, William Regal went through all the trouble to get his AEW release for nothing? Vince McMahon comes back and somehow gets in power again. People are getting fired immediately. Uh, who, who the fuck are these guys? I, I fought a fire all of them. I, I got to do all that again. Huh. Yeah, he would probably just as payback go through and fire all of these people all over again. Johnny Wrestling? What the what the fuck? We don't we don't call it wrestling here. This is sports entertainment, pal. Get the you're, fuck out. you're you're Johnny the sports entertainer now. You're gonna come out in a superhero suit. Oh, uh, Chapa? What? What's a what's a tomato? What? Call him Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you know what? We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll give him a porn star gimmick. He'll be he'll be Tommy Salami. Yeah. He's gonna come back with just a mustache. 
Yeah, there we go. I like that. I hate uh, I hate him. Who, I just, who's this pixie girl with the purple hair? Get, get rid of her too. Yeah. Oh, well, you're you're a creepy fellow, you, Dexter. Dexter. Uh, oh, he won't make you a scientist. Ah, uh, yeah, Dexter's laboratory. I like that. And Bron, you're fired again. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. oh you know what? You have a lot of muscle. Maybe we'll keep you. <laughs> Fucking Christ! Could you only imagine? <laughs> I, I I hope that this is just rumors. I really hope that this is just rumors. I. But like also, said, if it is true, it says Vince McMahon's trying to get back. It doesn't say that the company is even considering. By this, by the sound of it, they don't have any interest in Vince McMahon coming back. <laughs> yeah, we're not interested in signing you right now. What if? Yeah, better make sure AEW doesn't sign him first, guys. Can you? Oh my God, man! Uh, forbidden door. Vince McMahon comes back to run Ring of Honor in Tony Khan's place. Bro, yeah, what if what if Tony hire just to take out WWE because Vince is pissed that he can't get back. Tony hires Vince McMahon to become like the new GM of AEW. It'll be like when Vince hired Eric Bischoff to run Raw. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> dude, it would that would be that would, you know what the worst part is? Oh, I'd god. I'd watch. <laughs> right. Like I would I I I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to look away. I'd ha- I'd have to watch it. I'd have I'm to your new chairman of Ring of Honor. Uh, no, no. Tell the midgets, get in line and get your new gimmick. Tony Khan comes out and just hugs him and he goes, no, 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 no. You're, you're, not, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. Look at my eyes. Look at how much cocaine is in these eyes. I'm in charge, <laughs> not you. Is that CM Punk fellow here? I, I got to have a word with him. <laughs> Vince, you can't fire him again. I already did it. <laughs> uh, Samoa Joe, I thought you fired you like twice. You're fired from here too. <laughs> That'd be that'd be great. That'd be must see television. But you know what? I have it in my head. Go (laughs) because we're talking about Vince and gimmicks and Samoa Joe. I would really like to see (laughs) Samoa Joe. Uh, if you remember, we talked about this the Edge and Christian show on the network. Mm -hmm. Samoa Joe, that Girl Scout gimmick where he's (sighs) selling Samoa cookies. That was one of my favorite. Fucking things ever. It's little things. Those things like that are okay in like short videos and videos that are meant for like YouTube and stuff, but not for the main roster. Vince would make a full gimmick out of it, though. Oh my god! The only again, the only character from whether it was Edge and Christian or the JBL and Cole show that even came close to that was Daniel Bryan's ongoing feud with the Bear. Oh my god! Yep, there, there's his new gimmick too. Vince can take so. He's like, you're fighting bears again. You show me you can do it on YouTube, you're gonna do it on TV. Like like bear country events, like the tag team? No, no, like a real bear. He's like, I've always wanted to work with them. He's like, No, they're bears now, and you're gonna fight them. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, Ab- absolutely not. People, I'll, they'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, we're we're absolutely awful, which is why you should tune in to us every single week because we're gonna end this show on that note. But first things first, Lee's not here, so I have to do all the shameful plugging, and hopefully I won't forget this time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can follow us at perched on the top rope on Facebook. You can also go to Twitter and follow us at perched top shelf. Nope, that's perched top rope. I already messed it up. Uh, you can find us on Perched on the Top Rope podcast on Instagram. You can find us at Perched on the Top Rope on Twitch. You can find us at Perched on the Top Rope on TikTok. I-
That's Perched Top Rope. You can find us on Perched on the Top Rope podcast on Instagram. You can find us at Perched on the Top Rope on Twitch. You can find us at Perched on the Top Rope on TikTok. I am not mentioning Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. Not this week. Just kidding. I just did. You can find the video on our TikTok page. There you go, Lee. If you want to listen to us on podcasts, you can find us at most places that podcasts are served. You can find us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Audible, you name it, Podbean, Podcast, Red Circle. If you can't find us, please send us a friendly request and ask us where we may add our show. But on that note, Justin, spoiler-free is the way to be. We're out, pal. <laughs>